it's the Creator Spaces Show. Welcome back to the Creator Spaces Show. And today, we're talking about using no code to build and sell quickly with Fernando Gracioli. This conversation highlights the role building in public can play in monetization and the importance of community building. Let's get right into it. Do you consider yourself a creator? I definitely consider myself a creator. And so what exactly do you create besides community? I create digital products. I create content. Those are really the two main things that I create. And tell me a bit about what you're creating. So right now I'm creating a course on how to connect GPT-3 to Bubble. I got a bunch of requests for that after I posted that I sold my last product on MicroAcquire. Oh, congratulations. Um, thank you. Yeah, it was exciting and I posted it and it was the product that was built on top of Bubble with GPT-3. And it seems like a lot of people are really interested in how to do that. I got some DMs asking me for a course on how to connect GPT-3 bubble so I'm, I'm putting that together now and i'm thinking of putting more gpt3 courses on there just there's gpt3 is the kind of thing that there's not a whole lot to teach about but i think that once i start digging into all of the little intricacies that i could actually create a few different courses on it i'm thinking of putting up a few different courses on gpt3 and probably some content just curate gpt3 content nice. onto that site as well so that's one of the things i'm creating right now and i can never have just one thing going i get bored i need to to spread my time over two or three different things. Another thing that I'm creating right now is actually a website widget for websites with Bubble. So I'm creating a no-code website widget that you can put in a line of JavaScript code onto your website and it shows the widget that I built on Bubble. So those are the two things that I'm mostly creating right now. And what about on the content side? On the content side, I've mostly been creating content for my personal blog. I really need to start creating more content for IndieStack, for the community. I've been lagging on that front, but that's definitely something I need to start doing. But Are I'm, you still doing the Twitch interviews? No, so I have not been doing the Twitch interviews. I realized that I'm a terrible interviewer and it's something that I could spend a lot more time becoming good at it, but it's not something I'm interested in doing right now. I stopped doing those and I started doing a podcast with Val Sophie where we just shoot the shit about what we've been doing on our businesses. Nice. So that's been fun. Yeah, and that's been much better. I don't need to interview anyone. It's just like a conversation that I can do. But yeah, that's another piece of content I've been creating. Fernanda tried out a lot of things before finding her niche in educational content. Ideally, your niche should be the intersection of your interests and your expertise. This will give you the drive to keep going and the experience to back it up. Becoming a trusted and reliable source of information is almost always a clear path to success in this area. So how'd you get started on this whole creator path? Yeah, I got started with like creating blogs. So that was the extent of my knowledge back then was just blogging. And I bought a blog that was already established and I completely screwed that up. I bought an English learning blog. So it was like really easy articles for English learners. Basically, I would just rewrite the articles in really easy language so that English learners could learn English that way. And it was a blog that was doing really well. I got it for an incredibly cheap price because the person just wanted to get rid of it. And I could have really taken it to a different level if I knew what I was doing, but I had no idea what I was doing. And I ended up getting really frustrated that the traction just wasn't there after like three months. Like I really didn't put effort into it at all. And I just ended up abandoning it. And and like it ranked first on 
Google when people search for certain keywords and it was getting organic traffic. I really could have done something with it. I could have taken it to a different level and sold it for a much higher price. I actually had somebody offer me $2,000 for it very early days and I declined it because I thought I was going to build it to this amazing thing and ended up just abandoning it because I was frustrated and yeah, it's like dead now. It's somewhere on web archives um, <laughs> and it still pains me to talk about it. But at the end of the day, I don't really regret it because I did learn a very important lesson from it. But that's the kind of thing that I would say to myself, like just stick with it and see it through to the other side because I I've had a lot of things that had a potential that just died out. Yeah. Are there any ideas that you thought of over the years and then didn't move on that you then saw somebody else build the same idea to wild success? <laughs> yes, MakerPad. I I had the idea for MakerPad back when no code was just starting out, like when Bubble was still in its early days before Integromat. And I wanted to build community and courses for no code. It was basically exactly what MakerPad was. I had the idea for it. I might have even bought a domain and I just never went through with it. And then MakerPad came along and I was like, good for them. <laughs> they did what I did not. <laughs> Many people underestimate the value of consistency. It's not always about doing new things but doing the same old ones over and over again until it makes a dent. The new changes will come as a result of you learning from the mistakes you make along the way. Just start and stick with it. Execute your ideas or someone else will beat you to it. How do you start out building your audience? <sighs> How did I start out? It's really been on Twitter. And it, like I said, it, it was really just on in the beginning of this year that I really started taking it seriously. Do you look at the community separate from your audience? I do. So I do view the community as a separate place. It's more of a place where I go to just talk to people and to share my wins and to share resources and stuff. And my audience, I view more as like Twitter followers, product hunt followers. So yeah, I don't have a huge audience. And to be honest, like calling it an audience to me always feels a little bit like forced. I love like building relationships on Twitter and just like getting to know people a little bit more deeply than just like what they're tweeting are. So that's how I view the quote unquote audience. You're probably taking a community first approach to audience building, uh, even if that's never come to mind before. Yeah, that sounds about right. How do you build your audience now? I've been more active on Twitter. That's been my main source of audience. I have IndieStack, which has a lot of people now on IndieStack, and a lot of those people become my audience. IndieStack is a community where indie makers gather to share resources, knowledge, and just having things out there like IndieStack, building things in public, completing different projects, it gives me a little bit more credibility that I didn't have in the past and that's been growing my audience quite a bit and I'd say I just started this year really 2021 probably like in March putting in the effort into Twitter I'm not like trying to build a brand or anything but I'm just posting every day and it's been paying off so in terms building of in public then I am building in public yeah nice. yeah I use the hashtag and I also just talk through everything that I do pretty much my Twitter is a play-by-play -play of like my day basically but it's been working Data helps us make informed decisions about building our audience and engaging our community. However, it shouldn't be the only element we rely on. When building in public, you're not exactly tailoring your content to the audience, but rather making the content you enjoy that'll make the right audience gravitate towards you. Be informed by the data, but remember, nothing beats genuine human interaction. How do you go about monetizing now? I build products 
My sort of model now is to build quickly, sell quickly. I'm building small products that I can build with no code in a short period of time. So usually I give myself 30 days to build something from start to finish, get a few users, even if the users are free users, just get a little bit of traction and then post it for sale. I've done it once, I succeeded. I'm now in the process of doing it again with this widget. And and of course there's IndieStack, which the MRR on that keeps growing just steadily and slowly month over month. I've been monetizing that as well. What's sort of your baseline? Yeah, it's a nice little side income. I also freelance, so I don't know if that counts as I know we're talking about creating things here, but I do freelance as well for, with client work. I haven't gotten to the point where I can only do indie hacking. I do have to freelance as well, but I'm moving towards that goal for sure. Do you think that your indie hacking work or does your indie hacking work and making these projects, does that influence your freelance income? Do like your clients come in because they know you as an indie hacker? Oh, no. Um, actually, my last client, did, I did get through Twitter, but I don't think it was because they knew me as an indie hacker. I think it was because I just saw the tweet and responded to it. Twitter plays a huge role in, in getting those jobs as well. But no, so far, it's not because of the indie hacking so far. It's just because of they know me from somebody else, somebody recommends me, things like that. This is where someone can see the true magic of building in public. You can build out a product in public. A lot of people show interest in your journey, which also validates your product in the process. And also, those interactions can quickly escalate into sales. A pretty simple system that breeds great results. What's your North Star metric for success? <laughs> it's an anti-goal. It's not having to get a nine to five. That's my absolute dread in life is having to work nine to five for somebody else at a company that I don't like. I've done that before and it just absolutely crushes my soul. Freelancing is completely different for me because I make my own hours. I have the power to fire a client if they're making my life miserable. It's very independent, which I really like. And also with freelancing, I'm doing exactly what I love to do, which is making websites. Yeah, my North Star is never having to get a nine to five ever again. And I don't need to be super rich. I don't need to build a ton of wealth. It would be nice and I do strive towards that. But if I can spend the next 10 years just doing what I'm doing now and making enough to live a comfortable life, like I'll be happy with that. Awesome. Yeah. It's funny because my current goal is to get a nine to five. Yeah. Why do you want to get a nine to five? The trade-off in terms of ability to leverage income versus upside mm -hmm. seems like a really positive one and it would allow me to focus on building more of an audience and doing more of the creative creator like stuff and putting out content without worrying about monetizing it immediately I see and then I could get a job working for somebody in a field who's much much better at what they do than I've ever been at something and maybe some of that will rub off on me as you can tell by the contrasting stories of Fernanda and Michael, one might prefer freelancing because they get the freedom to do exactly what they want, but another might prefer a 9-to-5 job because it reduces the pressure of monetizing your creations. All in all, choosing between the two comes down to personal preference and goals. So what's your current goal as a creator? So my current goal, let's say in the next year, is to build four or five more small products and sell them within a reasonable amount of time, let's say within 30 days. I think that's pretty realistic based on what I've been doing so far. And if I can do that, I will be a happy person. If I can pull off really coming up with enough ideas to build enough 
small products that other people are interested in taking and running with, really putting my creative energy out there and creating something that doesn't exist and making money from it. And as always, we wrap it all up by answering the question. If you could send a tweet back to your start, what would it be and when would it be? You get to choose the start. So I would send it back to 2012-ish when I really started doing digital internet work. I started doing freelancing and then you tried to build some websites on the side. And I would send something that says, finish what you start and put enough effort into it to see it through to the end. Because I think I wasted a whole lot of time starting things and not finishing them or starting, finishing, and then not putting any effort into growing because my expectations were wrong. I needed to manage my expectations that traction doesn't just come out of nowhere. Like you have to put a lot of effort into building traction and things compound over time. And I didn't understand that back then. And I think I wasted a lot of time not building things that would compound over time and rather building, abandoning, building again, abandoning again. And I think if I had started in 2012, I would have been so much further along today and I'm starting today what I wish I would have started in 2012. I would have just reminded myself to stick with it and finish things out and put enough effort into it to see the traction come in instead of just giving up so easily. 